wherever you go, however you go. For energy on the go, it's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast, it works long, it tastes good, and with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket, fits your backpack, fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrood. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got a great show coming up for you today. I am Justin Skullrood, your host, doing a solo show. Uh, on tonight's schedule, we're going to cover the headlines. We're also going to do a recap of the Thursday night football matchup between the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and then finally, we will cover the rest of the games for the week in covering your matchups, who I like and who I do not like in the coming week. But before we get uh, too far into the episode, I do want to tell you about our sponsor, StatRoute.com. It is not a social interaction anymore. Fantasy sports uh, for fantasy sports. The difference between winning and losing is so small, a manager will do whatever it takes to get an edge. Where other sites offer similar content and an extremely high cost, StatRoute now offers a new industry standard for stats delivery and accessing the sports statistics you want to see. Their mission is to put you in control of your fantasy sports data to access the information you need at a fraction of the time. They strive to be your fantasy sports dashboard, draft kit, analytics platform on a single page. So whether you're a fantasy rookie, fantasy pro, or a sports better, they have a solution for you. It's not just another fantasy football cheat sheet. They provide you with sports data to find uh, any statistic for any and all NFL players and NFL teams in five seconds or less. They are a great resource that we've begun to use this year, and it has made all the difference for us here at Skulking. We're going to be having a promotional code for you guys in the next episode uh, for you to get a discount on the first couple of months of your subscription. More details to come uh, in the following episode. But on to the headlines for this week. Today's headlines. Okay, starting with the first bit of news, which should be uh, encouraging to those of you who have been Royce Freeman owners. Uh, Broncos coach Vance Joseph said today that he wants to get Royce Freeman more touches. Uh, those of you who, like me, uh, spent uh, some pretty good draft capital on Royce Freeman are very encouraged by this. Now, Again, this can also be coach speak to, to talk about Royce Freeman. Now, Royce Freeman in a game where Denver was running the ball well and could have won the game against Kansas City, Royce Freeman only had one carry in the fourth quarter. And so uh, Royce Freeman is the bigger, bulkier guy who can run over the defenders. Uh, it's encouraging that Vance Joseph is saying this. I am still having Royce Freeman uh, 
uh, and Philip Lindsay neck and neck in my rankings, right around 30, 31 for both of them in, uh, in standard and in PPR because they've really been basically right next to each other uh, so far this season. And so on to some other news and notes. Uh, Antonio Callaway returned to practice uh, today. Jarvis Landry also returned to practice today. Devontae Adams did not practice because of a calf injury he suffered in Wednesday's practice. Geronimo Allison is still in the concussion protocol. I would be very surprised to see him play this week. Randall Cobb also was not practicing. Jimmy Graham actually did practice. So there is uh, one piece of good news to that Packers wide receiving core. Uh, someone is practicing uh, who is a, a notable starter. An encouraging piece of news uh, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan or a Greg Olson owner. He was in uh, his pads and a helmet today, today uh, per Panther Bill. Word was that he was hoping to play in four to five weeks after breaking his foot without surgery. Uh, this Sunday would be week four in what would be an impressive return. I don't think he will play today or this week. I mean, uh, I would be very surprised. Uh, but having him in pads and a helmet is very, very encouraging for next week. Uh, Devontae Parker is practicing on Thursday. It would be great to see him uh, finally see the field and get some production going. Uh for Bengals owners, and Giovanni Bernard was not seen again, or it won't uh, was not at practice, uh, and he won't uh, look to play this week. Joe Maxson, Joe Mixon is practicing on Thursday, uh, and with them looking to keep Gio out, I'm thinking that uh, Joe Mixon is going to play this week. Uh, but be sure to pay attention over the weekend to see how he progresses. But I am fully convinced that he will play this week. Bumped up a little bit more in my confidence because of Giovanni Bernard not likely to play. Uh, will Fuller, with his hamstring injury, expects to play in week five against the Cowboys. This does bump down Kiki Kuti um, a little bit in my rankings because of this news. If Will Fuller, for some reason, has a setback and doesn't play, I think Kiki Kuti is a great player to play this week on those underneath routes, which we talked about uh, being very, very successful with Deshaun Watson throughout his career going back into college. Dan Quinn confirms uh, that Devontae Freeman will play this week. That's good for uh, the Atlanta Falcons, who desperately need to establish some, some sort of running game. I think they will ease him back in because they're going to need him for the rest of the season in a must-win game this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we'll cover that here in just a second. Uh, moving on, Aaron Rodgers did practice today. That was as expected. Alshon Jeffrey returned to practice. Adrian Peterson returned to practice. Alex Collins did not practice. They're looking to try and get him some rest so that he can be good to go for Sunday's matchup. Uh, Quincy Anunwa with a hip injury was added to the injury report and was a limited participant in practice on Thursday, but I am fully expecting Quincy Noonwan to play this week as well. Dalvin Cook, with his hamstring, remains sidelined at Thursday's practice. This is even more concerning uh, for me as this progresses because hamstring injuries continue to nag. This is a thing that uh, Leonard Fournette owners are going to have to get used to for the rest of the season is that 
um, the violence and the uh, the beating that these players take throughout the football season, hamstring injuries continue to linger, much like Will Fuller, those kinds of players. Uh, Dalvin Cook's hamstring injury continuing to, to keep him sidelined to practice is not encouraging. Latavius Murray may be uh, the starter this week as Dalvin Cook continues to rest. I think that uh, Minnesota – will look to get more involved in the run game. Right now, they're really only running on 25% of plays. Their defense is not helping them because they're going to have because they're uh, they're getting behind early and Kirk Cousins has to throw the ball all over the field. But look for that to change a little bit this week. Uh, Sterling Shepard back as a full participant in Thursday's practice. This is very good uh, for his outlook for Sunday. He will be a very solid start. Uh, as long as Ingram is out uh, as a very great option in the passing game. Uh, Rhett Ellison owners who were looking to stream him this week because of injuries and bye weeks uh, gets a bump uh, down. Uh, And then uh, moving on, Sammy Watkins' hamstring remained limited on Thursday. Uh, This is encouraging that even though he had the – the hamstring injury that pulled him out of the game this last week, having him back at practice so quickly is very, very encouraging. He is a player that I think Patrick Mahomes really needs in order to continue his production because he's another large body in the middle of the field. Big bodies are easier to find and easier to hit uh, in the wide receiving game. Kamara is kind of a small guy coming out of the backfield in terms of overall size compared to a Sammy Watkins or a receiver. Tyreek Hill is not a big guy. Uh, Robinson can be, um, but Thomas is not either. And so having a bigger body to complement Kelsey down the field, especially against a tough defense like Jacksonville, will be very, very helpful to uh, Pat Mahomes. Uh, Chris Carson, with his hip injury, returned to practice on Thursday, getting in a limited session. Uh, I am, as much as I am encouraged by Chris Carson returning to practice, I'm looking for alternative options to play this week. I think this is a week that after Mike Davis played very, very well last week, and they're looking to get him involved, Chris Carson returning from injury. They're playing the Rams. They will be behind. I look for Penny, this to be Penny's game, to have a little bit more involvement in the passing game, getting catches out of the backfield. I think all three are sits this week for fantasy football. And so on to the Thursday night matchup for this week. Uh, How about that Thursday night game? Uh, Andrew Luck performed a lot better than I thought he would, uh, considering that most of his starting receiving core was completely gone. Uh, In addition, Doyle was out, and they still are without Marlon Mack out of the backfield. But... Uh, Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does, had a great week. Andrew Luck performed, like I said, uh, better than normal or better than expected. Uh, 38 of 59, 365 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. We knew they were going to have to pass the ball, excuse me, uh, but they got down early and continued to have to throw the ball. Naheem Hines had a good game but did not find the end zone. Uh, getting you about 16 points uh, in PPR, 45 yards on the ground, 45 yards through the air, and seven catches. 
Uh, interesting surprise was that Chester Rogers was the, the number one receiver. I thought Ryan Grant was going to be more utilized in the game uh, uh, for this game. Uh, but the real big surprise was the usage of Eric Ebron. The first pass thrown to him of the day, he was wide open and he dropped it. After that, he had a much, much better game, finishing with nine catches, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. It didn't really seem uh, like New England had an answer for Eric Ebron in this game. And once again, the Colts continue to use two tight ends, which is very, very encouraging for those Jack Doyle owners as soon as he returns. Eric Swope uh, had three catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he almost had three catches, 45 yards, and two touchdowns, but they took the touchdown off the board as his knee hit at that half. Uh, his knee hit when the ball was at the half-yard line. On the other side, Rob Gronkowski had an okay game. He did have uh, a catch and fumble, which was kind of uh, costly for his points, taking some points off the board from him. But those of you who were Julian Edelman owners, be very, very encouraged with his usage. He did only get nine targets. But once again, I think this was a game where they were ahead by more. Um, probably the thing that hurt the most or stung the most, for those of you who are Julian Edelman owners, is that in the first drive, they marched the ball down the field very, very well. Julian Edelman catches a, a, a pass uh, that gets them right to the one-yard line. Julian Edelman goes out. Cordell Patterson comes in. And they run basically the exact same route again, but Cordell Patterson uh, gets the catch uh, and the touchdown. So Edelman owners feel a little bit slighted or um, that, uh, that Cordell Patterson, quote-unquote, could have vultured one from Edelman. Uh, encouraging news for Josh Gordon owners is that he finally did get some production here with the Patriots, albeit on a broken-up kind of play where uh, he – Ended up running the end zone. Uh, Tom Brady threw more or less an ill-advised throw deep to the back of the end zone, intended for Hogan, but Josh Gordon goes out there, uh, chases it down, and gets the touchdown uh, and becomes the uh, 71st or 72nd different receiver that Tom Brady has thrown a touchdown to. Tom Brady gets number 500. Uh, and then the running game, coming back from New England, James White continues to tear it up against opponents. Um, two carries, uh, 10 receptions on 14 targets, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Sony Michelle almost got 100 yards and 18 carries, 98 yards, one touchdown, one catch, and 12 yards to round him out. But all around, uh, a solid game for all those involved. Uh, the, the players who you would start performed as expected, if not a little bit better than expected. Uh, and no real stings out of this game. No one really hurt. Uh, you got consistent numbers from everybody. And so now we're going to move on into the matchups for the rest of the week. And on to the first matchup that we'll talk about is Denver going into New York playing the Jets. Uh, starting at the quarterbacks, neither Case Keenum nor Sam Darnold am I looking to start this week in a deeper league, maybe Case Keenum. Uh, once again, Ryan has talked about having uh, Case Keenum be his quarterback in a 14-team league. Um, but that 
once again, he's looking for alternative options as well. But really the, the game here is about the running backs and wide receivers. I like Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, like I mentioned before, to continue to share the workload. Uh, I don't see, regardless of what I hear from Joseph, I just want to see it before I'm going to buy into this talk of getting Royce Freeman more touches. Now, just because he said there was more touches, one thing I didn't mention before, that doesn't mean that they're going to be getting Philip Lindsay less touches. Maybe they're talking about just running the ball more as a whole, as a team. Philip Lindsay continuing to get his workload, but just getting more plays for Royce Freeman. Uh, or just taking those plays away from Devontae Booker and continuing to stay balanced. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be an auto start. Demarius Thomas really only in deeper leagues. His production has fallen off of the planet uh, not really getting a lot of deep yardage. Cortland Sutton could be a flex play uh, because against the Jets, you've got a little bit more flexibility in the passing game. Um, I still like Demarius Thomas over Cortland Sutton because Demarius Thomas is still getting volume. And in a PPR format especially, volume is king. And so moving on to the Jets side, there's only three players that I would even remotely be interested in playing. That would be Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell, and Quincy Anunua. Other than that, you're not looking at anybody having any sort of uh, workload. Robbie Anderson has been an utter disappointment this year. Jermaine Curse has not yet been involved yet so far. Um, but I would look for Bilal Powell to really be uh, the number one guy. I think Isaiah Crowell uh, is going to be a little bit more limited uh, did not have a good game last week. Crowell did not. Uh, and then Quincy Nunwa is the number one target and the favorite target for Sam Darnold. So feel comfortable starting Quincy Nunwa in that wide receiver three to flex position, but obviously a starter. And so on to a, a must-win game, really, for the Atlanta Falcons and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game... I don't know how much uh, I'm going to spend here because really you're starting everybody. You're starting the quarterbacks because they're both top five quarterbacks so far this season, maybe even uh, top four, top three based off their production and numbers after this game because the Falcons and the Steelers have not played good defense all year. So look for Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger to have great games. Where I get a little bit nervous is the involvement of Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Both are a little bit banged up, but if you have them, you probably need to start them at that RB2 slot minimum in a 12-team league, and anything deeper than that, you're obviously playing them. James Conner, auto start. Now, getting down to the wide receiver position, uh, I had an interesting time. I almost rated Juju Smith-Schuster above Antonio Brown this week. and In pulling up my rankings, uh, just to look at them really quick, um, I had um, Juju Smith-Schuster at uh, five uh, for PPR, uh, and then Antonio Brown uh, I had at four. So I have them really right there at four and five. Julio Jones I have as number one. Uh, so really you're starting everybody. Calvin Ridley I've even moved up uh, into the top 20 for this week, or sorry, top 23 for this week. Mohamed Sanu, I have dropping off kind of in the uh, 30s to 40s range 
but this is once again going to be a big game. Um, Mohamed Sanu is going to be flexible, um, but not a confident start. Austin Hooper, I think your best service to continue to keep him on the bench unless your tight end was Trey Burton or O.J. Howard or you were not able to get Cameron Brake. They're not really utilizing Austin Hooper in the passing game. They're really just not using him. And so Vance McDonald, I feel confident starting in this game once again because the safeties are gone from Atlanta. So easy to use him over the middle. They're going to have to keep their uh, corners laser-focused in on Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. All in all, whatever the over is in this game, I'm taking the over. I uh, haven't looked at it yet, but uh, I'm gonna, I am convinced that both of these teams are going to score 30-plus points, maybe even push it to 40. Um, but moving on to the Minnesota uh, Vikings versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Both of these quarterbacks I'm also starting. Um, Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins. Let me just double-check as to where I have these guys uh, in looking at my rankings. I'm pretty confident uh, in Kirk Cousins in this game, even though Philadelphia Eagles have been better defenses. Uh, I don't think either of these teams saw themselves here this this far in the season. Eagles at 2-2, two and two, Minnesota Vikings at 1-2-1. One, Minnesota Vikings just not playing good defense at all. Uh, right now I have Kirk Cousins at 15. Ryan has him at 8. Um, but I think this will be a solid game for both quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, uh, I have a little bit further down. I have, hit, I, have, I have him as quarterback 17. But I am perfectly fine with you starting either one. Um, similar situation at the running back position for both of these teams as well, banged up running backs. Dalvin Cook, like we mentioned, still dealing with hamstring injury. Hamstring injury. Uh, Jay Ajayi, dealing with that uh, broken back that he has, which is still, he's still playing on it, but at any time, um, the injury can get significantly worse, but it's one of those things where they're willing to take the risk, slash they don't think it's going to get worse just by playing football, um, which I think is a little crazy. Um, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, everyone's really banged up. Wendell Smallwood's probably the healthiest of the bunch. Clement and Darren Sproles both banged up as well. Look for Latavius Murray to lead the backfield, um, but I'm, I'm interested to see what it's going to look like by the time we get to Sunday, whether or not Dalvin Cook is even playing. But I'm confident that as long as Minnesota starts to do more of a – I don't know, even at 60-40, I would be okay with uh, feeling comfortable with Latavius Murray. But Minnesota Vikings have had to throw in order to move the ball. In this game, Adam Thielen uh, is an absolute auto start completely. And I think I've ranked him uh, this week. I've got him ranked at number two in PPR. He is getting all sorts of targets uh, from Kirk Cousins. Stephon Diggs is a start. Alshon Jeffrey is a start. Uh, I am confident in starting Nelson Aguilar this week as well. Uh, if you remember last week, the the damage that was really done to the Minnesota Vikings defense came out of the slot. When Cup scored against Barr, it was in the slot because they had a linebacker covering a wide receiver. Nelson Aguilar also lines up in the slot. Now, Nelson Aguilar has had some drop issues so far this season, 
but he's continuing to get a ton of targets once again. Volume and targets are king in fantasy football PPR. Now, in looking at the tight ends, obviously, Kyle Rudolph is a start. Zach, er- Zach Ertz is a start. I have Zach Ertz as my number two, number two tight end for the week. Uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph I have as number eight. I think you'll get solid production out of both of those players this week. On to uh, what I think is a potential blowout this week. Uh, the 4-0 Rams go to face the 2-2 two and two Seattle Seahawks. Uh, in looking at this game, the Seattle defense is beaten up probably maybe not to the level of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, but Thomas went out last week. They're without KJ Wright again. Uh, Kendricks has now been indefinitely suspended by the NFL following his uh, confession uh, or, or his acceptance of guilt for the insider trading fiasco uh, that he went through. And so really this could get ugly quick because of that. Uh, I have Russell Wilson uh, as, as a, as a sit uh, borderline starter. They're going to have to throw the ball. Um, this is not one. Uh, I don't think they're, they're, they're going to win this game, obviously. Um, I think they're going to have to pass the ball. Really, the recipe for them to win is to hold the ball as long as possible, grind it out, get first downs in the running game, hold the ball a lot. And so if you believe that they can do that, then I'm fine starting a Chris Carson or a Mike Davis. Um, But I'm fully convinced that they're going to have to throw this ball all over the field. With that being said, I'm still leery of starting a Doug Baldwin or Tyler Lockett anything higher than a wide receiver three or a flex option because Doug Baldwin's going to have to face Marcus Peters. Tyler Lockett, I'm actually higher on uh, in standard because I think he's the, he's the explosive player. He's going to be lining up in the slot, facing easier defenders, um, and he can get the yards after the catch. Doug Baldwin is a PPR monster and machine as he will be the number one target for Russell Wilson this week as long as he is fully back and healthy, which is not likely uh, considering all the news leading in, but as healthy as he can be is what you're hoping for. Um, On the other side, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods are all starters. Play them all. Uh, I'm fully convinced that this is a runaway game with a lot of passing yards, and Todd Gurley probably getting two more touchdowns again this week. Now on to uh, the sellers of the NFC West. You have the 0-4 Arizona Cardinals facing the 1-3 San Francisco 49ers. Quarterbacks, not interested in either one of them this week. The running backs really are the, the conversation piece for this week. David Johnson is getting more involved in the game. They're they're utilizing him in space the way you're supposed to utilize David Johnson, so that's encouraging. Matt Breida still banged up, but he is getting more and more of the share away from Alfred Morris, so Matt Breida is a start as well. Both teams have struggled on defense. Uh, I think the Arizona Cardinals are bottom five in the rush defense category, so Matt Breida should have a great game. David Johnson is an elite talent going up against San Francisco 49ers defense that has struggled as well. 
So both players are auto starts for me. Um, and then when you get into the wide receiver perspective, Larry Johnson has just struggled too much this year for me to feel comfortable. Um, I've got him as a, as a wide receiver three for this game just because we're talking about two really bad teams. I think he'll uh, fix his drop issues. But once again, rookie quarterback, I'm still not going to start anybody other than Larry Fitzgerald uh, on the other side in terms of the wide receiver core. Ricky Seals-Jones, once again, only because of the, the lack of depth at the tight end position that's available by weeks and the damage already done due to injuries so far. I think I have Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, I think I've got him here. Let me just double check. Yeah, I've got him as tight end 13, so playable, but not someone I am supremely confident in this game. George Kittle, on the other hand, should have a monster game. I have him as my tight end number seven uh, for this week. I'm not really excited about Pierre Garçon or Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin's still dealing with those hamstring injuries. On to uh, the battle for the state of Texas. The Dallas Cowboys at 2-2 two and two are on the road to Texas uh, to, to face the Houston Texans just down the street uh, going south. Uh, Dak Prescott, still not a startable quarterback, although he had a much more improved game last week. But a lot of that was they were playing the Lions, who were not great at defense. And Ezekiel Elliott had a monster game against, once again, a Detroit Lions defense who's horrible at stopping the rush. Um, you're not going to play any of the wide receivers, potentially Jeff Swain, once again, because of the, the, the tragedy of, uh, of injuries at the tight end position and because of buys in deeper leagues, uh, when you can't get alternatives, Jeff Swain could be a potential streaming option this week. On the other side, Deshaun Watson uh, is a startable player. Although uh, Dallas has had some pretty solid defense considering um, – they don't really have a whole lot of star power on that defense. Uh, but I have Deshaun Watson as my quarterback eight for this week. Uh, had a really good game last week. I think he continues to move the ball with DeAndre Hopkins. If Will Fuller is back, uh, I may even bump Deshaun Watson up a little bit more. And then if Will Fuller is out, I leave Deshaun Watson where he is, and I give that bump uh, to Kiki Cootie, who had 15 targets last week against the Colts. Uh, Lamar Miller, still no clear information about any sort of injury that he's dealing with. He's still listed as questionable uh, for this week. Uh, but if he was dealing with anything significant, it would have to be reported on the injury report by now. So I still think he plays. I'm concerned. I've got him in a 10-team league, and I'm nervous about playing him. Um, in deeper leagues, obviously – you're not going to have as much depth potentially, so you're probably going to have to play him regardless because of the high value you put him on in the draft. Um, with that said, he has run fairly successfully so far this year. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys did give up 100 yards to Chris Carson a couple weeks back. So as long as he continues to stay healthy, or if he stays healthy in this game, he should be okay with a, with a hopeful bump of a touchdown. Uh, he's only got one so far this year. 
look for about 60 to 80 yards on the ground if he plays the whole game. Alfred Blue may get a little bit more touches this week, but still leave him on the bench. And then that wraps us up so far. Uh, I'll do a quick, actually I'll do a really quick uh, highlight of the Monday night football game between the Redskins and the Saints. Um, We'll go a little bit more in depth on the next episode starting for next week. But I like Alex Smith in this game. The Saints have struggled on defense so far this year. Drew Brees is an auto start. Obviously, Kamara Ingram is back. So it's going to be interesting to see how much, if any, of Alvin Kamara's production he eats into. Obviously, he's going to eat into that production on the ground. But Alvin Kamara is so unique in how they utilize him in the passing game that Alvin Kamara owners should not be really concerned at all because Alvin Kamara continued to prove value last year uh, with Mark Ingram there. And so Michael Thomas is someone, obviously, you're, can, you are uh, going to be playing him. The, the Redskins are tougher in the passing game, but I don't think Michael Thomas gets shut out because the Redskins don't have a Janoris Jenkins on the other side. Um, but I would not be surprised if Michael Thomas has less points than his projection of around 18 points this week, depending on your scoring format, because of Ingram coming back. They may use more of the running game this week, um, but you're not worried about any other receivers uh, so far in this offense taking any sort of production from Michael Thomas. Benjamin Watson, I'm going to try and continue to keep him on my bench. Once again, streamable option. I've got him at tight end 12, so he is playable. Um, but obviously there are tons of guys that I like a little bit more. Jordan Reed I have as tight end number five. I'm not sold really on any of the wide receivers coming out of the Washington Redskins offense, but the production is going to have to come from somewhere. Jamison Crowder is probably the guy that I give the most nudge to, followed closely by Paul Richardson. But other than that, and Paul Richardson is even a deep league flex play for me. I'm not 100% sold on him. I would not feel comfortable playing him um, for most leagues. If you're in a 14-team league or more, you play him because, once again, the Saints have struggled a little bit on defense. Moving to the running backs, Chris Thompson, you're going to play. Adrian Peterson, you're going to play. I'm looking for a good game from Adrian Peterson because with his age coming off the bye week, he is 100% healthy. Ignore the fact that he missed practice on practice on Wednesday. Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson should have great games. And so we want to thank you guys for listening to the show. If you have any questions between now and your start time Sunday morning, you can send those questions to our Skull King football group on Facebook. You can go over to the Skull King fantasy football Instagram page at Skull King football on Instagram. You can even find us. We have our own Sleeperbot channel where you can ask questions directly to us. But once again, we want to thank you guys for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave a comment or review on iTunes uh, or YouTube. You can also leave questions on YouTube as well as this episode will be posted there as well. Once again, we want to thank you guys for listening and good luck in week five. Hey, Skulking Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skulking Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? 
If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Wherever you go, however you go, for energy on the go, it's got to be five-hour energy. It works fast. It works long. It tastes good. And with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket. Fits your backpack. Fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com.